I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we are talking about the United Service Organization. So grab your hot coffee. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Wolantowski. And this is our last episode of the year. Last one. It's the last one. And... I, we're Say ready it. for a break. We're ready. We're for so a tired. Break. We're so tired. <laughs> I'm. My eyes aren't like. Look at my eye. I can't, I can't even get these eyeballs open. Awake. You're not. And I'm just gonna say this, and I say this because I love you. You didn't oh even look like this leading up to your wedding. No, no. This is worse. This is worse than than this wedding planning. Than wedding planning. Well, it's just. I mean, I feel as though every. It, it also feels like this is. It this feels, feels global. The exhaustion. 
Yes, of this, this is month. I feel like worse than pandemic exhaustion. Like this month in particular. Right. No I one's having what... a good December. No, it feels rough. Yeah, it just it's just so like the end of year chaos yes. is just like, oh my god, it's just work and work and work and I'm like, "Hey guys, this isn't it's Y2K. Healthy. Like no. 2024 is going to be there." Yeah. We can we can do okay. things okay. first week of Jan. Yeah. And and that's fine. It's fine. First week of Jan is a mm-hmm. good time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want the email at 3 p.m. on a Friday. That's not either. what I want. No, no, no. No, no, no. 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 So, yes, we are categorically exhausted mm-hmm. and and crawling to the finish line of this year but we wanted to end with one last episode and then we'll do our traditional two-week holiday re-airs for the next two weeks and then we'll be back first week of jan actually i think it's the second week of jan look at a calendar we'll be back january say it eighth let me hold on. Let me look. Let me look. Let's look at a calendar. Not the third. No, because we're taking off the week of the twenty seventh and the third. Oh, then we have then then we're back the tenth. The tenth. My goodness gracious. January yeah, the 10th. holidays fall at like weird times this I, year. I so. know it's so odd. Yeah, the twenty seventh and the third. We're off. We're off. Great. But we'll be back and rested on January 10th. Oh so my gosh. you just mark your sweet little calendars. Get ready for us. Get ready to rock and roll. Because my work is also closed. So, like, yeah, it's going to be real come January it's 10th. It's going to be real mm-hmm. come January 10th. I literally was telling Arden before we started recording. I the only way for me to get rest is to remove myself from this godforsaken city mm-hmm. and that's what I'll be doing for a calendar week where I will regress into being a teenager in my parents' house. Oh. Um, and are you going to sleep in your twin bed? I'm no, oh, I, they sketch. have a queen. I always oh. had a queen growing oh, up. Wow. Isn't that so funny? I always had a queen growing up when my sister, my older sister had a twin. That's that so interesting. Isn't that crazy? That's so wild. It never Did you ask was... for a queen? I don't recall. That's like I don't so recall funny. asking for for a queen. But like it was when we were younger. I think she must have gotten a queen like like when we were older, but as kids or as you know from ages I guess like let's say 8 to 14, 13, I had the queen and she had a twin. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Queen Lizzie, even back then. I, well, I mean, it goes without saying. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Obviously. Yeah. My childhood bed was never a twin. Wow. I only, the first time I ever slept in like a twin size bed was college. And you were like, what is this I was nonsense? Like, oh my NYU. God. Oh. This jail cell oh shackles. Oh my God. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Oh. I can't do this. Dorm life. Yeah. And then immediately upon. Getting into my own apartment, I was like, obviously, we'll be getting a queen again. Then lived in a queen for many, many years. And then Kyle and I famously last year upgraded to a king and we will not be returning. No, no, no. We'll not be. Even even if like 
the wheels of our marriage fall off and we divorce, <laughs> I will not be going back to, a, to queen. a queen. No. A king size bed is, I can't even describe it. I can't even describe it. Even like, especially here in the city where space is just, you don't have it. You don't have space. No. To give yourself the gift of having space in your bed. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. When we, when Caroline and I moved in together, I had a queen and she had a full mm-hmm. size bed. Kyle had a full. And I was like, uh-uh. I know. I was like, that's going to be re-. Like I, we obviously had slept on the full together and I was like, mm-hmm. mm, willing to do to do that during that time period and the totally. before times absolutely yeah. going forward yeah. i foresee better sleep in there's the a new sheriff in there's town a, and her name is queen queen size bed queen yeah. size bed and it it we are the bedroom that it's in where we, i am currently recording is a small bedroom because mm-hmm. it it is new york city so when we walk around the bed we have to like you can't stand up straight and walk around the foot of the bed because mm-hmm. there isn't that much space between the wall mm-hmm. and the foot. So you have to like lean yeah, slightly over the foot of the bed to get around. Otherwise, you would yeah. like kind of hit your shoulder around the wall. But it's worth it. It's worth it's it. It's worth it. You it's know what? It. I'd rather do that than like, you know, not have space to move around. Totally. Look, you don't get yeah. as good sleep. No. So all I'm saying is if you can upgrade your size, upgrade your size. If you can't upgrade your size, get some luxury linens, yes. my girl. Good linens. Good linens. When I slip into my bed and I have those good linens, I'm like, mm-hmm. there's nothing that can be wrong. It's really nice. When I'm in this bed. It's really nice. Anyhow, yes. all that to say that this is our last episode of the year. It is. And you chose this topic. I did. Why? I was, well, you know, I've been watching a lot of White Christmas. Okay, sure. <laughs> How do you, hold on. How do you watch a lot of White Christmas? How many times are you just fronting to backing White Christmas? That is like, that's a long film. It is, but it's so good. And it's I know. Like, I've, I've watched it this season. I've, I've watched like three movies this season, and one of them is White Christmas. <laughs> good. That makes me so proud. I love that movie. I sing all the songs. And when they bring when they bring the general out in the end and everybody claps. Yeah. I mean, just the tears start flowing and I lose it every time. <laughs> like I choke up. It's like when they sing Edelweiss at the end of the sound of music. Totally. I totally lose my shit. You're like, I can't. And I, I, I can't, can't do this. I cry. I cry. I can't, I can't, do, can't this. do it. Doesn't matter. I know what happens in the end. But there's just there's something about the whole World War II era. I just mm. I don't know if in a former life I was like around during that time. It wouldn't surprise me if I found out from like a shaman or a psychic totally. or a healer that that was true. I just find that whole era fascinating. Totally. I feel very connected to that time. Look, I've never seen you and FDR in the same room. Hey, we're just saying. We're just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Could be true. Could be true. Could be true. The point is. The point is. I feel a strong connection to this era, and I've been watching a lot of White Christmas. Oh. And uh, this like was around the time... The, the, the USO started in 1941, and if you know anything about White Christmas, it's Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye, and they do a lot of song and dance to uplift the troops, and so 
it's kind of a um I don't know if you would say they don't ever talk about the USO in that movie, but it's kind of like what they're doing. Like they're right, basically right. like a two man USO performance. But then I think just over the years, I'm like I've heard other like comedians and actors yeah. and various you know entertainment hey, celebrities. WWE does right fights they, for the troops. Right, they do fights for the troops. Like I've heard other you know just other celebrities or whomever you know say that they were doing the USO tour mm-hmm. or going to bases and whatever and i'm like that's really cool that it's still yeah. going on and we've modernized it and anyway i just it's a it's our last episode before the holidays and i wanted something that was like joyful and uplifting joyful. uplifting and just fun love it yeah well before we jump in do you want to talk about today's sources sure so a lot of this is coming from the uso herself love it the USO, which stands for United Service Organization. Love it. Yeah. And then a little bit from the Library of Congress. Oh. Yeah. I love the Library of Congress. Very simple. Very simple. There's nothing like her. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's jump in with the simple question of what is the USO, the United Service Organization? So. The USO strengthens America's military service members by keeping them connected to family, home, and country throughout their service to the nation. Since 1941, the USO has been the nation's leading organization to serve the men and women in the U.S. military and their families throughout their time in uniform. From the moment they join through their assignments and deployments, and as they transition back into their communities, the USO Mm -hmm. will always be by their side. Mm -hmm. This is very wholesome. It's very wholesome. I wonder if the USO is also responsible for, like, you know when there's a big game and they always cut to, like, soldiers watching the game from, like, somewhere. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Usually in the Middle East. Yes. I wonder if this falls under that umbrella or if that's a separate thing oh who's in charge of like choosing which games they get to watch (laughs) (laughs) you get the chiefs but not the chargers (laughs) sure 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 today's uso continuously adapts to the needs of the men and women in uniform and their families so they can focus on their very important missions they operate uso centers at or near military installations across the united states and throughout the world including in combat zones and even unstaffed uso service sites in places too dangerous for anyone but combat troops to occupy the uso was disbanded in 1947 probably they were like all right world war 2's done we'll have we're no done. more wars yeah that was it so they we don't need this anymore and then, of course, it reorganized during the Korean War when it was like, uh-oh, we're actually back to war. Uh-oh. We're back doing this. Mm-hmm. And it expanded considerably during the Vietnam War. And it continues to provide a variety of services to members of the armed forces and, of course, their families. Right. Isn't it so funny that we really thought World War II was it? Oh, yeah. That was it. That we're we were like, wow. How horrible was that? We never have to do it again. And not a calendar decade later. Uh-huh. Here we, we are. are. Here we are. And then we've basically been in perpetual war since. Yeah. Undeclared. Undeclared, of course. But perpetual war. No, of since. course. Yes. yes. And no, but yes. obviously, of course. Yes. Undeclared, but the USO knows it's a war. 
Oh, yeah, they're like, oh, well, why don't we just go? We'll, we'll just, just go. we'll just go. You figure we'll it out later. What you want to call it? We're gonna go help the troops. Yeah. So let's talk about the history of the USO, which is quite fascinating. Ooh, it's a little. It's not scandalous. It's just. It's just very. Um, I would hope not. My God. No, no, no. It's not scandalous. It's just very. Uh, I don't know. I just found it very fun. Okay. So history of the USO. One of the lessons the U.S. military learned during its involvement in World War One was servicemen required additional support when they were off duty. Totally. They needed something to fill their time. Totally. They were getting into some trouble. Idle hands. Idle hands. You finish the sentence. And idle other things. Mm-hmm. America entered World War I in 1917, and as the war neared its end, the extracurricular activities within the ranks veered toward the unseemly. Ooh, they were getting mm-hmm. around. Rowdy. They were slurping and slapping uh-huh. all throughout Europe. Slurping and slapping and slapping. Mm-hmm. Yep. All around the Europe's. Europe in my vagina. You know what I'm that's, that's what they're doing. <laughs> that's all they're doing. Venereal diseases and drinking to excess became enemies within the ranks, especially in France. All right. All right. What are you? I mean. Do we need to call out France? That just seems rude. Here's my thing. Obviously, venereal diseases, not what you want. You don't want anybody getting contracting, getting sick, especially in this time. No, because. When it's harder to treat these things and it can actually harm people's health. And it's a war. We don't have access to as many. Right. But also. Unlike. These guys are combating in 1917, where we're combining machine warfare for the first time with like with trench warfare, and like, trenches, yeah. and like it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. As bad as World War II was, and it was. Yeah, I think the conditions of World War One, oh because of how like. There was so much advancement between World War One yes. and World War Two. Yes. That like you could not pay me to stand no. in a World War One trench no, no. for fifteen minutes. No. So let these guys I know. Let them have a fucking shot of whiskey. This for months and months and months. <laughs> let them get a little action. Oh, yeah. Let them let them get rip roaring like, drunk. Right. Like what are they fighting for? Let them have a fuck or two and have a shot of Jameson. <laughs> what else are you supposed to do in France? My God. No. They're in France. They're in France. I know. They're in France. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, if you can't get laid while also fighting a world war in your, and of course these guys are what, between the ages of like 18 and 24. Right. What do we expect? What do we expect them to do? What do we expect? Yes. If we're going to have to draft these young men. And and hand them up to slaughter yep. in the trenches yep. with like cannons, machine guns, and horses. Mm-hmm. Let them get their vials. Mm-hmm. As long as it's consensual, obviously. 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 Goes that time. Right. But if it's consensual, oh my God. Have at it. Have at it. Just show up at the trench when you're supposed to be there. Right. And have Report at for it. duty. Report for duty. And then. Yeah. Go have fun. <laughs> But the military leaders of the time did not agree with us. They were very upset by all of the fucking and drinking. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, easy for you to say, I know. John, 
You're you're in you're in a full ass tent with with like fur rugs, with your little with your little typewriters deciding where these young men go to to, to die. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy for you to be like you shouldn't be fucking. Shouldn't it's like okay, okay, you've been married for twenty years. You probably don't. These guys. Fuck these guys just figured out that they have a penis that works. <laughs> Let them go to France. They just figured out that that pinup girl can be real. Could be real. A woman wants to have sex with them for the first time in their life. Let them go. Let them go. And then send them to the trench. Good God. I know. Anyways, this isn't about that. This is. I mean, it is exactly about that. So well, no, but it is exactly on the soapbox. I mean, well, you're only going to get higher on your soapbox because Uh this whole thing is all about them, like. The upper powers that be in the military and elsewhere not wanting these young men to, like, drink and have sex. That's oh the whole God. point of the USO. That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole point. Totally. That rocks. <laughs> that rocks. So, cognizant of the dangers associating with fielding forces who are either hungover. Now, I will say, having gone to work in my time as a human with totally. a hangover is rough. Operating totally. a machine gun hungover totally. would be vastly worse. 100%. That would be vastly worse. Especially 100%. in with the alcohol back then. Oh, yeah. The which leg. would be, there's no percentage on the board. There's no, yeah. what are you drinking? It's just potatoes. Yeah, it's not good. It's potatoes that could be 14%. It could be two. You don't know. Totally. No regulation. No regulation. So the fielding forces, they're either hungover or they're hobbled by disease. So the U.S. military leaders looked for alternatives for these these young men, uh, aside from drinking and sex. Mm-hmm. General John Pershing, leader of the American Expeditionary Forces, was too preoccupied with forming his army to address the activities his soldiers were engaged in away from the battlefield. So he handed off that part of his duty. Several private organizations, including the YMCA, the Knights of Columbus, the Salvation Army, Jewish Welfare Board, American Red Cross, and the American Library Association. I mean, books. Love a book. Totally. Love a book. Sent supplies and volunteers to France to provide wholesome activities focused on securing the welfare and well-being of young men. They're I'm like, sorry. put your peepees away. And uh, read a book. Like, can you imagine? Read a book and pray. <laughs> it's so funny to me to be like, hey, 20-year-old dude in France for the first time. Instead of drinking and having sex with a French woman, how about you come to this 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 uh, story time <laughs> where we're going to read The Grapes of Wrath cover to cover, or we're going to watch a cinema film. It's like these are 20-year-old men. All they want to do is have sex. Yeah. Give, like... Was there any preventative measure? Like, were condoms a thing in this time oh period? God. Like, could you, uh, could you even imagine? Were they? Honestly, I'm like, you would have done better to truly invest in, instead of bringing over, like, 10 organizations to right. prevent people from having sex, bring over vials and vials of penicillin <laughs> so you can just shoot these bad boys up and they get a little something-something. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... Yeah, Trojan is, is, like, have them send over whatever prototype they're working on. 
I know. Hold on. When were condoms invented? Yeah. Look that up. And then have, have like, you know, whatever a liquor company send over, like, a low percentage. You know, like, provide them what they want, but, like, at 3%. So they're not wasted. Okay, so latex condoms came around the 1920s. Mm-hmm. I mean, condoms have been around, according to Wikipedia, since 1855. But I'm sure oh. that they were, like, really weird. Oh, they were rubber. Yeah, so they were rubber between 1840 and 1920, and then latex... Okay. Took over. So there were condoms. Okay. So that's where you get the term wear rubber. Yeah. It literally was rubber. Rubber was rubber. Yeah. Instead of bringing the YMCA right. over, bring buckets and buckets of condoms. I feel like this is where we got the like the purity movement, like where like the ring that people wear of you know abstinence. Abstinence, the abstinence movement and all of that. I feel like that. This feels very much that. Like no drinking, no sex, no whatever. Just just God and books. Good books. And totally. prayer. And I'm just like, hey, once again, we're offering these men up for yeah. slaughter. Yeah. Let them have sex. Right. Right. Let them have sex because half of them are going to die. Right. So let them have sex before they die. Right. right. And then like give them a condom so that when they have the sex, the girl doesn't get a disease or get pregnant. Yeah. Everybody wins. And if you're worried about them getting wasted just give them the low percentage drink totally so these organizations ymca knights of columbus salvation army jewish welfare board american red cross american library association all sent supplies to france hoping to turn these young men away from the drink and the tit and on to books and other wholesome things 23 years later these agencies were drawn together once again in 1940 when war with the aggressive Axis nations was not inevitable, but was becoming more likely. So when we're turning to World War II, mm-hmm. the, quote, gathering storm Winston Churchill forecasted had rolled into the British Isles and was now filling American newspapers with stories from the front lines. The U.S. government moved to bolster Britain and its allies through funding and materials and the war machine was off and running with private industries providing support to defend the country should the battle be joined. Which it States. was. Which it was. It was totally Spoiler. Funny. I know. <laughs> Spoiler. We got into the World War II. America's infrastructure was to be tested like no other in its time in history, and that included yet another flood of young men dispersed across the country to train for the possibility of war. So here we are yet again. 30 years later. 30 years later with the same problem. Same problem. Being, uh, being like, all right, we're about to send almost all of our young, hot men mm-hmm. abroad. We, we learned our lesson from last time, so yeah. let's stay proactive and send over some activities for them to do. It's so nice of you that you think they're all hot. That's very nice of you. Well, I mean, that's how it's like with shade, like all, all of the eligible men died and or went over to the front, you know? Right, right, right. That is the story we're told. That's the story we're told. Uh-huh. What can I say? Also, I'm like, yeah, if you served in World War II, it doesn't matter. You're hot. Like, that's the story you get. That's the story that gets told about you. Yeah. 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 You're just hot. I mean, that's 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 your war story. Yeah. When the USO was created on February 4th, 1941, there was an emphasis on welfare and with differing belief systems represented religious services for the men. Totally. Um, we would expect nothing less. The new joint agency was called the United Service Organizations for National Defense Incorporated. Hell yeah. 
and combined the YMCA, the YWCA, National Catholic Community Service, the National Jewish Welfare Board, the Traveler's Aid Society, and the Salvation Army. We've kicked the Library Association to the curb. Bye. They're like, they're not going to read. They're not going to read. No. They didn't got time to read. Walter Hooving, president of the Salvation Army Association of New York, and one of the 10 original directors of the agency, outlined the USO's initial mission eloquently in a February 5th, 1941 New York Times story. Quote, Our object is to make sure that our soldiers, sailors, and other young people who are drawn away from their homes by military service and defense work are provided with wholesome recreational activities and an opportunity to maintain their ties with civil religious life. This is not only vital to military morale, but also from the standpoint of the future of our youth as peacetime citizens. Mm-hmm. 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 They're like, we really are going to try to keep them from having sex. Yeah. No fucking. Turn to God. No fucking. No drinking. Mm-mm. Turn to God. Whatever God you God. choose, that's fine. I mean, this Whichever is very, one. This is very like proactive, like very inclusive. Like it doesn't matter which God. We got we got them all. Not all. I mean, not all. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's not it's inclusive all. to an extent. <laughs> yeah. yeah the two the two big ones at the time. Sure. I mean, still. So the USO cast itself as soldiers' protection from these bad influences. It essentially asked Americans to donate so that it could provide soldiers with a wholesome environment. USO clubs were there to make sure that soldiers were surrounded by good moral influences. Mm-hmm. Clubs provided religious texts and a place to relax and unwind away from bars and disreputable women. Hell yeah. No hookers. No hookers. Mm-mm. And they assured that young men would be able to meet the, quote, right kind mm-hmm. of women through supervised dances. The kind of woman you would want to be the mother of your children. I mean. Yes. I mean. So they're basically being like, don't worry, mom and dad, parents of these soldiers. Yes. We're going to make sure that they find a good Christian girl mm-hmm. who is still a virgin. Yes. You don't have to worry about them slinking yes. off with one yes. of those seedy women. Yes. No. Who get their wilds. Yes. No, no. Because the, the military is also a place. It's a matchmaking opportunity. Totally. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yes. Look, you can find a husband anywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything I just said was a quote from Professor Kara Dixon Buick from Texas Christian University. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Professor. Author Kara. James J. Cook wrote that quote: "Alcohol would not be served, but hot coffee, hold the phone, donuts, shiznit, sandwiches, and soft drinks would be standard fare for the soldiers." Have you ever wanted a martini and settled for a hot coffee? Can't recommend it enough. You know what turns me on? Yum, yum, yum. Pastrami on rye. Watch out. I'm drinking some hot coffee right now. Uh-oh. Look at me, too. You never know what's going to happen. That's very silly. Dances were organized with carefully screened young women and legions of chaperones. <laughs> I wonder how they screened these women. Like, Oh, God. Who knows? Who knows? I'm sure whatever it was was not. It would not go. It would not fly today. No, surely not. No. 
No one in 1941 could have envisioned the impact of the USO on the soldier morale, nor the long-lasting impact of the USO on American society. I mean, you know, it's it's pushing some values. It's pushing yes, it a certain is. set of values. It is. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. Uh-huh. The USO's growth was exponential. In its first five years of existence, more than a million Americans volunteered their services to more than a million visitors. By 1945, there was a USO operation in every state. It's also so funny to me. This thought just occurred. Like, they got these dances that have the Mm -hmm. hot coffee, the donuts, the soda, et cetera, the sandwiches. They got – it's, like, supervised by a ton of chaperones. All this is going on. And in my head, I'm just like, so sorry. Is there not a world war happening? Right. Right. Shit. This is a lot of people doing uh-huh. a lot of things. And I get it. We got to keep our boys entertained. But also. There's a war. There's there's sort of a war. Sort of a war. And once again, in the time that it would take the young men to have their consensual sex with right. whomever they wish to have sex with. Because let's be honest. It's going to be Protected sex, of 10 course. minutes. 10 minutes max? Max. At, at the 20-year-olds? Are right. you joking? Right. Are you joking? Right. That's so much less time and right. resources spent than a full-ass dance right. with hot coffee, donut sandwiches, etc. Right. Chaperones. I'm like, I'm not a numbers gal, but this seems to me. This seems like, like an investment We could have in the spent a lot less money yes. on some condoms, which yep. is all that needed to happen. Yes. It's all that needed to happen. Yeah. According to author Megan Winchell, the quote, the USO was the most important civilian organization dedicated to uplifting the morale of troops. Senior hostesses provided a shoulder to lean on, a reminder of mothers back home. They sewed and baked for soldiers and sailors. Junior hostesses danced with servicemen at the USO dances on Saturday nights and reminded them of girls back home. They played cards, board games, ping pong, wholesome games that kept servicemen out of trouble, mostly away from bars and brothels. Totally. Totally. I also love this, like, we have mother figures. Sure, we have mother figures and nice girls. And nice girls. We have mother figures and nice girls. Yeah, I just... It's so creepy. (laughs) It's so... It is. It's a little icky. It's so creepy. It is a little icky in a way. I mean, on the one hand, I'm like... I'm glad that there were places that, like, soldiers could go to right. just get away from the trenches of war. Right, right, right. 100% behind that. Right. And for those who did want to do that, go off Godspeed. But I'm also, like, the the emphasis. Yes. Like, like profound emphasis on, like, oh, we got to, if they have premarital sex, like, the implications of that for the soldier and the young woman. I'm like, everybody is living in Europe during wartime. Mm-hmm. Like, just let these kids get their wiles. Yeah. Because there is like, there's bombing. There's all sorts of crazy shit. It's like, oh my good gracious. And you're throwing a dance. And you're throwing a dance? I mean, again, if people want to go to the dance, go to the but dance. Like, like whatever. Sandwiches. But like, yeah. also if people want to go off and like blow off some steam with each right. other. Oh my god! Because also, for Go sure, people were meeting people were meeting at these dances and being like, "Totally, 
Hello, let's totally. Pasta. Who are you? Hello, Jane. I'm John. Wanna fuck? Hey, do you wanna go like, back for a second? Totally. Right. <laughs> like, I just. Oh, good gracious! It's I know. just. I think I think it just highlights the 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 massive problem that we still have today with how we approach, um, uh, sex education. Oh yes. I think this is like the, yes, not the beginnings, the, but like one of the beginnings yes. of like f- publicly funded yeah. programs yeah. that push an agenda that is not actually helpful to the nature of humans no. who want to have sex with each other. So right. Just that's give like them education. an internal drive that's like yeah. meant to perpetuate the species. Yeah. It's like just give them education I and, don't have and that drive, condoms. But- you know Isn't I mean. it crazy that all all we've had to do for what year was this in? 1940s? For like less than 100 years mm-hmm. is provide people with condoms right. and we still can't like fully get it together. I know. I feel like the only people who have gotten that together is like the New York City government because there totally. are literally condoms everywhere. 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 And it's not, it's just like, it's just like, just they provide can't fix them. the subway, but they can give us condoms. Hey, <laughs> I'll, you know. Great. But one step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time. One, One win on the at a time. I don't know. I'm just like, just give people condoms. I just, I just. I wish we could put just give people condoms as the episode title. We can't and we won't. But that is whatever title we do choose. The subtext is just give people condoms. We don't have to create government agencies. Right. We can just give people condoms. Just give people condoms. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. We'll no. never finish this episode. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get there. This was supposed to be a short, quick one. and I'm Yeah, LOL. Sorry, <laughs> LOL. I'm on my soapbox. No, no, no. I also, when I did the notes, I was like, I don't think this is short and quick. <laughs> <laughs> These are dense, for short. <laughs> <laughs> this is no James Garfield. Okay, so let's talk about the USO today, because she is still operational and functional. And I feel like we've gotten a little less heavy on the, like, I don't associate the USO with religious things at right. all. And I, like, and I it's feel like no we've longer about like keeping people from having sex. It no, no. It does no, not no. feel like that. Which is, which is what it is, which is today. Great. great. Fine. All, good. Yes. I'm, I'm all for it. My, my initial, like the reason I chose this episode is my, my idea of the USO is like a performance organization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That to me, that's all they do. I yeah. was really glad to like do the research and find out they do do other things. They do do. They do do <laughs> other things. But so let's talk about the USO today. So the USO provides programs, entertainment, and services at more than 250 USO locations worldwide, including Afghanistan, Djibouti, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates, Germany, Italy, Japan, Iraq, South Korea, and the United States. Love. It's a lot of places. In 2019, USO centers were visited more than 8.1 million times by service members and their families, which is also great because it was started by, it was started with the intent of like just helping the service members. Right. And now it's broadened. And now it's broadened out to, yeah, really help the families too. USO centers provide a warm and comforting place where service members can connect to loved ones via internet or phone, play a video game, catch a movie, have a snack, or just put their feet up and relax. So it's really like... A civilian focused, like a civilian life focused center. Not it's like a VFW hall. Yeah, but yeah. Like a different name. A different name. Yeah. 
So there are a couple of different ways they do this. So one is called keeping them connected. The USO creates and maintains strong connections between service members and their families, homes, and country, no matter where they are. The USO expresses America's gratitude and commitment to service members and their families through programs focused on connection, strengthening, wellness, and resiliency. 4.5 million service members and their families participated in location-based programs this year. So they do that. There's like a reading program. They do something called a coffee connection. They have spousal programs. So it's about like, you know, keeping the connection strong and um, some they're based out of the of the USO centers, which is why there are also centers in the United States, not just abroad, so that you can, mm. the spouses and the families can have connections to the people who are actually actively serving abroad. Love that. Yeah. So another kind of section of service that they do, um, they, they call always by their side. Oh. The USO delivers support to service members stationed abroad who are training in isolated locations or on arduous missions in remote parts of the world. Through expeditionary outreach support, including care packages, snacks, holiday celebration items, and internet services provided throughout challenging deployments, they ensure service members stay connected to the people and places they love. So when they're like... Love this. Love this. Like when they're in really remote places, they make sure that they're not completely cut off and separated from everything they know and hold dear. A far cry from chaperone dances, I must say. Yes. Something that is actually really important. Like, we will help you make sure you have internet so you can talk to your wife or husband or child. Right. Or your mother or your father, whomever. You know, so that you remember basically what you're fighting for and that it's not, you know, sandwiches. Not just hot coffee. And hot coffee. Entertaining service members and families around the world. So this is what I always think of as the mm-hmm. USO. The USO brings celebrities to the doorsteps of service members and their families through a diverse range of activities like the trademark USO entertainment tours. By providing programs that focus on America's culture and pastimes, they bring a grateful nation closer to the soldiers and service members in times of separation and celebration. And there have been over 8.1 million center visits. Hell yeah. To the USO centers. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Bring those celebs. I know. Do those comedy for the troops shows. So let's talk about who performs. Which is fun. So for USO's holidays, with the help of the entertainment industry, the USO provides a crucial link to home for service members and military families with every tour, every show, every laugh, especially during the holidays. Stars from music, comedy, sports, film, and television join forces to deliver a special holiday message to our troops and thank them for all they do to protect our country. Mm-hmm. So this year, for example, stars include Eliza Schlesinger, comedian, John Stewart, comedian, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Chainsmokers, shout out, shout out, musicians. Mm-hmm. And then actresses Scarlett Johansson and Elizabeth Banks. Yes. What a what a what a, a ragtag band of misfits <laughs> tour touring around this this season. You can also, if you want to share a message, if you've listened to this episode and you're like, I want to share a message with troops, you can if you go to USO.org slash message slash entertainment. If you go there, you can write a holiday message. Mm-hmm. And there have already been over 3 million messages sent. Yeah. The troops. 
So you could send one too. So all that to say, all that to say, we support our troops and so should you. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the troops. Yay. I'm I, if you want to have sex, <laughs> you have sex. If you want to go read a book, read a book. I think the USO nowadays is great. Yep. Questionable origins, but, you know, we, we smoothed ourselves out. We smoothed ourselves out. I think they had, like, you know, good intentions. In totally. This, in the sense of, like, okay, you know, this one third of the cavalry cannot, you know, lift a bag because totally. they're throwing up from their hangovers. Oh, totally. I think like the them identifying that a need needed to be filled was correct. Yes. Like something needed to happen. Yes. I think what they chose to do no. was putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, in my opinion. Yes, I do understand and I concur. Yes. yes. But we did it. They did it. We won World War II. So really, who's... Yes. Who's laughing? Nobody. Who's laughing now? No. Anyways, that is uh, the end of our episode on the USO and our last episode of 2023. Ah. As we said at the top, we'll be back with new episodes on January 10th. We'll be re-airing two of our favorite episodes from this year next week and the week after that. But in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you in 2024. Goodbye.